everyone. Hello. It has been a while, Lou, since we've uh, we've been on. I know. <laughs> I know. With all like really good intentions. It's so it true. Really good intentions of oh, we got to report record a podcast and mm-hmm. yeah, and we just have so we have a lot going on. Yeah, we do. We yeah. have a lot going on, yeah. which is not a bad thing. No, it's really great. Um, one of the things, obviously, when we were at home, recording a podcast was a little bit easier. And so we were recording one every week. Um, yeah, during COVID, that was easy peasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, a little bit with the, the hustle and bustle, it's um, it's a little yeah. different. Yeah. Um, so welcome to the Dear Life I'm In podcast. I am Chantel Dayton. And I am Lou Crenshaw, and we are so glad that you have joined us. Um, we This is episode 15. Oh my gosh, that's halfway to 30. Halfway to 30. That's it's like true. a permit. <laughs> it's like I got my driver's permit. Uh, we got our driver's permit yeah. today. Uh, we would love it if you would subscribe, if you would share, if you would, you know, just tell people about this podcast so they could hear it. That would be amazing yes but thank you uh thank you for for being here with us yes thank you for joining us for our conversations about life about all the things that uh happen inside the gym outside the gym inside the body and outside the body um so usually we start off with something a little cheeky um and uh and so i have something for you it's not really cheeky. It's just more so a question that um, I think we maybe at like parties or in books um, as we read them like to each other or like topics of conversation, this could be one. Um, if you could. I have a feeling I know where you're going with this. Yeah, do you think so? <laughs> if you could um, take one thing, like one thing from your bathroom, one thing from your closet, and one thing from your kitchen. Only You could only take one thing from each one of those rooms. And you had to leave everything else behind. Well, okay. So, what would it be? <laughs> okay, but I mean, are we talking like I can't take my passport or my um, social security let's say, card? Let's Can say we... you have those things. Let's okay, say you have, have, let's say you have the cash that you have yeah, s- okay. stuffed in between your mattresses. Okay. Um, let's say you have your passport. Let's say you have your birth certificate. Okay, great. So um, we can leave all those things out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so bathroom. Let's talk about bathroom. bathroom let's see. I'm going to say bathroom is going to be a hard tie. Okay. With deodorant or dry shampoo. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be, I've got a, I've got a grease ball of a head. So, um, <laughs> but I also... I oof, that's a hard man. I, I mean, was maybe like, I could like spray the dry shampoo in my armpits. Totally, <laughs> you could do that. Yeah. Okay. Though, so I guess I'm gonna go with dry shampoo. Dry shampoo. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was thinking first. I was thinking my my hair straightener was one. Whoa, the straightener before yeah, like a toothbrush. But then, but that was like first thing. Okay. Like, that I just like thought of. But then I thought, well, if you don't have electricity where you're going, that's useless, right? Um, but then I thought toothbrush, it was definitely toothbrush was, was for sure there. I mean, uh, beyond like mascara or dry shampoo. Yeah. Do we already have shoes on our feet? Yeah. When we're talking about closet. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you already have shoes on your feet. You have uh, you have what you have on your body normally, like every day. So you have like a watch, you have your earrings, you have okay, those you know, a sweatshirt and pants or whatever. My closet. I'm probably do I already have a bag to put my stuff in? Mm-hmm. Okay. I am probably going to grab some sort of jacket because let's be real, I'm usually a little chilly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with maybe like a maybe like a Lululemon hoodie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not gonna protect me from the rain, but no. What about no. you? Um. Well, I do have a shotgun in my closet. <laughs> so. So that's considered something in the closet. I, I was would, thinking in the closet was sh- like clothing. Yeah, it would be clo- it would be clothing. Yeah, but I was just thinking. I was like, okay, most things I can I can replace inexpensively. They're in my closet. I don't have like crazy expensive jackets by any means. Like, I mean, yeah. I have some nice ones, but nothing that uh, would break the bank to to replace. Yeah. Um, but the shotgun, I think I'd probably take the shotgun. Okay. Yeah, it's in the closet. All right. Yeah, I would I would take that. Even though if it was one thing and I didn't take ammunition, that might be kind of useless. Yeah, totally. But So then when we're talking kitchen, are we talking like refrigerator or pantry or like a no, utensil? No, something that you can actually take. Like that you can... I mean, not like you couldn't actually take your refrigerator, but you're well, not exactly... I just gonna, need something from the refrigerator. Oh, I thought you meant yeah, the yeah, refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd take my refrigerator... <laughs> Just slap it on a dolly. Um, yeah, anything uh, anything in the kitchen. It could be anything. That, anything. I, I'm probably going to go with some sort of, like, knife. Yeah, uh-huh. probably not a big one, but a small one. Because, I mean, yeah. if that, those are the only things I have. I might I might take a knife that's or, true. like, a hydro flask. Probably oh, not a cookie good. sheet. Probably not a cookie sheet. <laughs> well, I was thinking the crock pot. That would be smart, But then too. again, you know. Yeah. Where are you going to put it? Where are you going to put it? What are you yeah. going to, yeah. A knife is a great one. That is great. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. No wonder we're best friends and business partners. <laughs> yeah, totally. You think about the stuff that I don't. That's true. It goes, but that goes both ways. It's true. It's yeah. very, very, very true. So we are having this conversation. It is September 15th, 2020. And if 2020 couldn't get any effing wilder, any more chaotic, confusing, uh, Southern Oregon has been mauled by wildfires as much of Oregon and the West Coast has as well. And uh, Tuesday, we uh, had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. We, we, last week, um, yeah. Yeah, of last week had um, a whole bunch of fires. Um, no clue how they started. They just started. Um, mm-hmm. Like, no, no, yeah, I, who knows? They just freaking started uh, mm-hmm. in Ashland and then moved to Phoenix. And uh, so we live in Medford. Well, actually, we live in Central Point. The gym is in Medford. Mm-hmm. And then um, as you travel south, you hit Phoenix, and then you hit Talent, and then you hit Ashland. And one of the fires started in Ashland, and then another one started in Phoenix. And basically all of Phoenix and Talent uh, has just destroyed, been devastated. Yeah. Um, so many families, uh, large rental community, a migrant community, um, and lots of mobile homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the news has been saying about 600 homes, but, uh, there's a lot of other, um, like mobile homes and things like that that have been, uh, 
that have been destroyed as well. And they're not necessarily, I think, being counted as home, mm-hmm. which is sad in and among um, in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably about thirty five hundred like dwelling places of families. Yeah, uh, and over a hundred. 100 commercial buildings. Commercial buildings, yeah. Which is just wild. And and so there's so many families. And this all happened within such a short period of time, yeah. too, which um, was, I feel, like the most shocking part of the whole thing. Yeah. We knew that even like when we woke up that morning on Tuesday, the... the there was a fire that was up in the mountains, like because we're not we're not a stranger, we're not strangers to no. wildfires, forest fires here, or smoky summers. Maybe. Yes, in Southern Oregon, it's um, it's definitely like it goes hand in hand with summertime. You're just like, when, how many days of summer am I going to have without a fire? Yeah. And then when they come, this was obviously a little bit later. So we got the smoke. The smoke kind of came in the weekend before, which from fires that were around, which mm-hmm. we thought, okay, this isn't that bad. And then Tuesday morning, it uh, the wind was howling. Yeah, like 40, 45 mile an hour winds just out of nowhere. It was yeah, crazy. Which is so unusual for yeah. summertime. Yeah. And, yeah. and But then, no uh, like not lightning or thunderstorms, nothing like that. It's just, it was windy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, it just has devastated uh, our community. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, on Tuesday sort of a heading to a work meeting and then like stuff was coming through on the scanners and it was like okay we got to cancel this meeting and go home and pack all the things um and uh some of some of our most favorite humans live right next door to us so as some of you might know Chantel and I are best friends business partners and in this season of life we are currently roommates as well um and we live right next door to our other friends and so we were all kind of in contact with each other and making sure we packed all of our stuff and we're we were waiting for the the evacuation level three to come like waiting and waiting and waiting and when three hits it's like you need to get out and so you know we're teetering back and forth between whether or not we leave early or not and uh we got word that there's a high school right next to us that that high school was actually on fire mm-hmm. and if that high school is on fire we're done for mm-hmm. i mean we're like literally a drive like a driveway width we could stand in our driveway at the gym and throw a rock hard far and at the high school but then if you got somebody who could really launch a rock you could probably have thrown it to where the fire was oh it was so close and uh so we got word that the high school was on fire it wasn't actually on fire but there the fire was like right it was right there. It was I guess probably... there was an outbuilding, an outbuilding of the school that was yeah. on the other side of the fence. I guess yeah. had yeah. Uh, had actually gone yeah. up in in flames. Yeah. So there was. But we a got part some of it. video that was. So we're waiting at the house, waiting for the evacuation, and then getting word that there's a gigantic fire um, right outside the gym, like a hundred yards, 40, like forty foot flames. Yeah, just yeah. it was huge. Got video of it, and um, and then uh, our friend Annie came over. She uh, did a Mother's Day podcast with us, so yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, yep. so um, we all just sat in the living room, the three of us girls, um, and just cried and cried and cried and cried. That um, basically, we thought our gyms were gone because mm-hmm. their gym is right next to our gym mm-hmm. and uh, in the same building, and we cried a lot. <sighs> yeah, and before Austin, when he had come over and said that the the school was on fire. Um, he just looked at us and he said, do you want me to get anything? 
yeah. like at the gym. Yeah. And Lou and I both looked at each other and we looked at him and I just like went through my mind like like there's there's You're nothing strap a rower to your back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, obviously you'd want everything to come out, mm-hmm. but if you'd there isn't one thing in that gym that isn't replaceable, yeah. you know. Um there really isn't. And yeah. and so it you hear you hear stories about people who've lost everything and yet they they'll have like a post or a picture or something and they'll say and this is before these fires even hit here where it's like all that matters is that the people that you love, you know that they're safe yeah. and and you have things that you absolutely cannot replace, you know, with within like, you know, with you whether it be pictures or and and that's and that's like that's it. And so I was just thinking about the things in the gym and I'm like there's nothing in the gym. Like if there's nobody in the gym, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I don't think I've ever really felt that before. Yeah. Like I don't think I've ever I don't think that that's something that you can um that you can conjure up by no. reading something. I don't think it's something that you can uh you can't put on those shoes, you know, and and experience it fully without actually experiencing, experiencing it. it. Yeah. You just you just can't. Yeah. Um because it's just it's this it's almost like a piece, yeah. which is like really weird to say yeah. because it is it's all chaos because you're just like everything that we put into the 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 building it is going to, you know, possibly just be gone. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the memories, all the ladies who've been in there, all the, the radical, rad yeah. things that have happened inside of that space. Um, all of those things we have taken with us when we've left, you yeah. know, like those are things that we, that we hold with us. And, yeah. and so, but the rower and the skier and the chalkboard is really freaking cool. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, those things are... Yeah. They really are just things. Yeah, they really are. They really are. And so there's almost this piece where you're like, I'm safe. They're safe. We're safe. Yeah. Now all we all we all there is left to do is to grieve and to mourn, you know, and to rebuild if it if it came to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it did not come to that. No. Thank um, you, Jesus. We had some we had some firefighters that we knew that held the line and that made sure that that gym did not go down. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that, oh my gosh. Ugh. So yeah. grateful. So, so grateful. grateful. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first night. And then we ended up getting evacuated from the house. Yeah. So we had yeah. a, we had double, because I, I don't know about you, uh, but I don't think we've like probably processed a lot of this just in conversation. It's mostly just been like, how do we help, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I, I really felt like a limbo in my soul uh, wondering like which one would be worse to burn the house or the gym, mm-hmm. you know, which one. I mean, it could be both. I mean, there were moments where we thought it could be both. Mm-hmm. Um, and and wondering, like, which one, you know, my, I was like, my, my house, can, all of my personal things, they can burn. If we can keep the gym, we can help a lot more people. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my, my thought. Like, just like, let's keep the gym. Let's just keep that going. And, and then it can be a place for people, you know. Mm-hmm. But I felt the same thing. You know, and you probably probably felt the same thing as well, like packing up the things that we need, like knowing we had time, like we found out at level one, okay, we should probably start packing bags. And then it was level two and you're just kind of sitting in the house, like, should I bring anything else? You know, so it was like, 
okay, grab and a box we cancel of, classes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yes, what, what time was it? It was two. Well, we were heading to the meeting at like two. Yeah. And then we went back home and then we had 4.30 class. And so it was like, yeah, we're going to cancel class. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I even remember walking around the house and seeing all the books that I have bought and all the journals that I have written in the years and the stacks of journals and memories and pictures and keepsakes and clothing and like all of the things of my life and literally looking at it and being like, okay, I have my little tiny, my, I got my little tiny gun. I've got all my cash. I've got my passport I grabbed my journal and I grabbed my Bible and I grabbed some batteries and mm-hmm. some some candles, some battery powered candles and pop tarts. <laughs> oh no! Well, I started grabbing. Then the more we sat there, the more I grabbed. I was like, uh, "Let's grab the oatmeal. Um, here's the peanut butter. Um, here's liquid carbs." Like then I started to the, to think like we had. Just mm-hmm. basically packed up all the camping things that were already in in the thing, just in case we had to go camp somewhere because our entire city seemed to be just surrounded. So mm-hmm. it was just wondering where to go. But I remember sitting there and going, "Man, I've got the people that I love with me. I have the, a couple of things that I need, but I don't need anything else." Yeah, you know, it just really puts those things in perspective. And mm-hmm. you know, then we got out and left, and our house is still there, and the gym is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it happened the next day, you guys, the next day there was an even bigger fire that was both threatening closer. the house. It was, it was closer point, yeah. threatening the house and the gym again. So then we had to evacuate way faster. Mm-hmm. We had taken everything out of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> thought we were, yeah, thought we were done. And yeah, we had, we had come back that, that morning we went and stayed with, uh, with my parents and. Came back, unloaded the unloaded the truck, everything. We were like, oh my gosh, like we need to go help people. So we went and volunteered. We went to um, our church and we helped there. And then so we were we were like, go go go. We also got some stuff for. We were like, what can we do? We have we have the means, we have the time, and so we went and got some more like firemen. Gosh, they'd love Cliff bars and and Gatorade and cookies probably, <laughs> and, so, and apples and bananas, and apples and bananas. Yep. And so we went um, and we bought a ton of stuff and we went and donated it. And we're like, okay, what else can we do? So there was like this, this urgency in our spirit to just be hands and feet wherever we, yeah. we needed to be. And, um, and so as, you know, as women too, we were just like, gosh, like we just want to take care of everyone. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we, we buzzed around wherever we could. And then we were in the church and we were sweeping and vacuuming and doing all sorts of stuff, cleaning out this area, um, for, for donations and for people to come and for it to be a shelter. And, and then all of a sudden Lou looks up at me, you look up at me and you say, you know, Chantel, we've got to go. Cause as we were standing there, we heard all these sirens woo, woo, yeah. woo, cause the church is right downtown and they were racing down the like the strip right there mm-hmm. in the middle of the city and and so I was like oh my gosh and I'm sitting there thinking like those are horrible sounds to hear and I actually said it out loud and we had just had a conversation with uh, this gentleman that we knew that he lost everything uh, his entire home he didn't even get to go back and get anything from his house mm-hmm. so not one item and his wife works in Medford he was in Eagle Point and they live in Talent and 
by the time his wife heard, she called him and he was on his way back and then they couldn't, he couldn't even get in. And so I was just, oh, so I was, as I was sweeping and cleaning, I was thinking about that. And then next thing you know, Lou says to me, we've got to go. There was a huge fire in Central Point. And so we walk out. No, we ran. We ran out of the church. We ran. Yes, we did. (laughs) Let's be honest. And there's still fire trucks just blazing down. And we got outside and the smoke was insane. It was insane. I have felt, it felt so movie-esque. Yeah. You know, it, it felt like a movie. It was like you come out of the church after volunteering and all of a sudden, boom, like yeah. it just is there. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. and trying to find the fastest way there, rolling through some stop signs, you know, yeah. and still having to pull over for emergency yeah. vehicles as they're like screaming by us. Yeah. And, and I was just like, oh my gosh. Called our friends and we're like, can you please get into the garage and load our stuff? We don't know if we're going to get there in time to get our stuff out and yeah it was it was it was insane and we did yeah we got there got everything out but yeah it was yeah yeah it was for sure just and then you're listening on the scanner and it's like we gotta stop this thing before the pilot station there's a twelve thousand gallon container of propane. propane yeah and you're like Oh my gosh. And you're just listening to this and just hoping that people are okay. And, um, went again to your mom's house mm-hmm. and stayed, stayed, there. There. stayed there another Listened night. Listened to the scanner way too much. All and, night long. Yep. And the fi- wondering the fire started getting closer and closer to the gym. It wasn't getting as close to the house, but it was getting closer to the gym again, which was just like, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there's like the little things that you would hear that just made, they just made more sense. And I feel like sometimes when we have, um, when we're in, in chaos and uncertainty, there, there is a, a part of us that tends to disqualify, I feel like our humanity in that, um, we just, there's a, a, this is another person's job. This is another person's job. This is another person's job. And that we, we almost put ourselves in a box yeah. rather than really be we delegate action to other people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because we, because we feel disqualified, not yeah. necessarily because we don't want to, but because we do, we feel disqualified. And I, um, remember hearing on the scanner, all of these people that were calling in, um, saying like, Oh, there's a, there's a fire here. There's a smoldering this year. There's a, this year, there's a, this year. And, um, and I heard that uh, these two two people saw a. I think you you and I were sitting together at this time. Um, that there was a smoldering log, and like that was like had red embers on it. And these two people got out of their car and rolled the log into the creek. Oh, and yeah. because it was like little things like that, where it's like you actually can do that. Yeah. You know, like you yeah. can not necessarily go to, to like be a fireman or be a but police But didn't you officer. kind of for a minute want to like go try out for the fire department? <laughs> Slightly. I did. I, I did. was like, I could hold a hose. I'm like, I could, I, I could do something because you just feel so helpless and so powerless. Like yeah. to go, to not be able to do anything. Mm-hmm. At least I did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, to know, that's why it's so helpful to know what you're good at. But then also to be, 
to be able, you know, yeah. to be physically able. And we talk about working out in the gym all the time yeah. and how important it is and even the levels of stress that we willingly walk into when we walk into the gym and we carry a sandbag, we um, we row on a rowing machine, we run, we sprint, we, um, you know, whatever it is that we do. And and we're, we really are, we're not, we're, yes, we do that so we look good naked. That is one, yes. you know, there's a part of that, which is very awesome, which is very good. Yeah. Um, but there's so many other things. There's so many byproducts. Um, looking good naked is one. And then also being able and capable in your life, not for the things that you choose necessarily, but yeah. the things that come to you. Yeah. You know, the, um, just like this yeah. What happened here? Yeah. It's like, wow, like, okay, we need to move. Can we help people? You yeah. know? And then you're like, well, I can't help people because I'm just out of shape yeah. or I, or, or just even being able to keep your head during mm-hmm. something like this, Yeah, like being able to, you know, it's what we do in the gym. We, we take people and put them in situations that are a workout, but we, we ask of you things that that call your person to attention that require you to manage your nervous system. Because if you don't, it makes it a lot harder. And so being able to help people in situations just in the gym that automatically transfer to life. But so often we want these Zen moments of life where everything is calm and quiet and I feel so peaceful and I feel so at rest. And I've been working on my breathing every morning when I'm laying in the silence of my own home, but then there's never anything that they're doing hard and in chaos. Mm -hmm. So when hard and chaos comes, you're like, well, my breathing definitely did not work Mm -hmm. because I never, I never put myself in chaotic, stressful situations of struggle, Mm -hmm. but that's actually in the fire is where we learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was so interesting because the day, the day before, um, I'm laying I'm laying, it's Labor Day, I am laying by the lake, it is beautiful, the sun is out, it's awesome, and I am reading a book called David and Goliath um, by Malcolm Gladstone, Gladwell, Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell, Um, David and Goliath, Underdogs, Misfits, and the Art of Battling Giants, and it's this awesome book, it's taken me a while to get through it, but that day I was reading, um, he's telling the story about the London Blitz, which was back in World War II. Germany decided that they were going to bomb London. They were just like literally going to blast London and not to necessarily destroy all of London, but to create so much trauma to Londoners that they would leave London. Mm. So it wasn't to, um, it wasn't necessarily to kill them all, but it was to create so much trauma that they would actually just leave. Mm. And so there's a man, his name is, uh, I don't know what his first name is. Last name is McCurdy. And he's writing about this. And so, um, so this was called, it was, this was called the London Blitz. And so, um, Winston Churchill had said, like, if Germany does this, like we will never survive. They were trying to, um, build underground bunkers, but they were afraid that if they built the bunkers that Londoners would never come out of the bunkers they built. Um, so they must've, they knew for a while, like that this could happen. Mm -hmm. So they built, um, a psychiatric hospital right outside of London so that when this did happen that everybody could go to the psychiatric hospital Mm. afterwards because they would be so traumatized yeah um and so this man McCurdy he's talking about three different things that end up happening so one in a bombing you you get bombed and you die 
and like that's that's one part of this and then there's the near misses and these are the near misses are the people that like feel see hear they they see the horrific thing and they survive the thing they like like their house gets bombed okay mm-hmm. so we take this to this so people's whose houses are actually burned down um, and then you have that, like, they're the ones that are going to really, really experience the shock. And then you have what's called, he's talking about remote misses and the remote misses are your house is not burned in this thing there. It's not bombed, mm-hmm. but you can still, you're listening and you can still hear what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch it, but it didn't actually happen to their house, mm-hmm. but they survived. Yeah. And so he's talking, he's talking to these people who are like, well, aren't you going to leave? And they're like, hell no, we made it through this. Like, why would we leave? Yeah. Like I just made it through a bombing. Yeah. And so he writes this thing. It's really amazing. But there was this, this one little part that's really great. And it says the conquering of fear produces exhilaration. Mm. And the contrast between previous apprehension and the present relief and feeling of security promotes a self-confidence that is the very father and mother of courage. Mm. And then it goes on to say that courage is not something that you already have that makes you brave when the tough times start. Courage is what you earn, earn, you earn courage because you engage with fear. Mm-hmm. You're there. Fear is happening. You are moving into something that is scary or something scary happens. Mm-hmm. Um, courage is what you earn when you've been through the tough times and you discover they aren't so tough after all. Mm. Yes, they're tough, but probably not as tough as you thought they would be. And it says, do you see the catastrophic error that the Germans made? They bombed London because they thought that the trauma associated with the Blitz would destroy the courage of the British people. In fact, it did the opposite. It created a city of remote misses who were more courageous than they had ever been before. The Germans would have been better off not bombing London at all. Hmm. It's crazy. I love that, that, you know, because I've always seen courage as something that you need to have in order to do something that scares you rather than doing something that scares you and then it's what you actually get because do they have, we have no it's, choice? It's like yeah, it's a it's a byproduct of it, which I never I never even thought of that before. I always thought it was like fuel for the action. You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes it is. Yeah, like sometimes it is when you're choosing that. But when something like this happens, there is no choice. Mm-hmm. You are either going to pack your bags and get out, mm-hmm. or you're going to curl up in a ball and stay. But you know what? I don't think there is anyone that curled up in a ball and stayed because we're actually wired for survival. Yeah. We are actually wired to stay alive. Yeah. There are moments where we get frozen. Like there were moments where we do, we get scared and we freeze and we don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to pack. I don't, I have no idea what to pack. I don't know what to do. And so we're watching people now walk around like with, with grief brain Mm -hmm. and, and, and you're seeing that. But we're see- also seeing a community that some of the most incredible, like it, like the amount of people that 
have lost their homes. Like that is so sad. Mm -hmm. But the things that brings me to tears every single time is watching um, the compassion of humanity and the generosity of humanity and the things that are happening in our town and our community and the towns around us um, that that you would never have watched or seen had there not actually been tragedy. Yeah. Like, why Why does it take crisis and destruction for us to be nice and take care of each other? Yeah. But it's, it is part of the human spirit where when, when there is struggle and there is loss, like, more often than not, we are going to rise to the occasion. And there is so much rising to the occasion right now. Like, it is, it's, like, overwhelming how mm-hmm. much kindness and generosity and compassion there is right now how many organizations are being created how many people are stepping up how many people are brainstorming for uh, there were so many mobile homes destroyed Mm -hmm. um, like low-income housing and there is there is so much there's so many conversations about around race right now and we have like an entire hispanic community that is being loved on pulled together like you're we don't see what we see when we're comfortable like mm-hmm. we see what we see when we're all comfortable and we just want to keep yelling at each other but in the face of crisis like no one's yelling right now. People are literally stepping up and they are mm-hmm. holding each other's hands and they're mm-hmm. taking care of each other and they're mm-hmm. giving up their businesses and they're giving up their finances. And they're giving up their time to help people that they don't even know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it is the most incredible thing I think that I have ever seen. You see it on the news, but then when you are experiencing it firsthand, it is... It it brings you closer to your own heart. Yeah, yeah. It is. It it has been very incredible to see what not only just like looking at what the what everyone has been through, but then also the hands that come, you know, and the feet that come, and and where there really isn't a whole lot of question. There's like there is a there's a common there's a common goal and i feel like it's it's well i think a couple different things so i think a lot of things but this is what i'm thinking right now <laughs> um i feel like what's so interesting is when you have when you have a heart when you have the tools to to see behind behavior and behind action so when you see um, you know, like in, in communities where you have people who are, uh, who are judgmental to certain people groups or, um, whether it be like the homeless community or whether it be the Hispanic community or whether it be the black community or, you know, so we have like these, these judgmental like views. And for me, I feel like it takes tools and maturity to look past the behavior. And if, if you don't have the tools and you don't have the maturity and there's still things that are there that you have a hard time doing that on a daily basis. Um, because we're all called to do that. You know, like we really are, we are all called to, we are human. And a part Mm -hmm. of us is, 
is a very great part of us. We are designed and we are wired for connection yeah. and that is feeling. And so, but sometimes when we don't understand someone's behavior or we feel like, you know, good riddance or um, we're not taking the time and like I said, we don't have the maturity or the tools, we can't connect on that. And so then there's judgment and then there's disconnect and then there's, you know, the good riddance that comes with that. And not always, but a lot of the time, that's what you hear. And, but when something like this happens, I feel like what's so beautiful is that there's no, it's almost like we're protecting each other. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, something happened where we did, a lot of us experience a near miss, but then some did lose their homes. You know, there were deaths throughout Oregon that I don't even know how many there were total. There's a handful. There isn't a crazy amount, which is, which is amazing. Um, but I do feel like it's this rising to occasion where we have like, we have this mission, you know, Mm -hmm. as, as humans, where like we all have the same mission. And so the mission is to take care of those who were devastated and could have easily been us very easily. If the winds had changed, if something was something very small was different, it could have, it could have meant Fibers. I mean, there's some communities where you look at these at these blocks where there's one house standing. Yeah. And all that, like, it could have easily been that house. Could you imagine what those people feel? Yeah. You know, like, that survivor's guilt. Yeah. You know, and... That's I, a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do, I really do feel like part of what is so beautiful is that people aren't, like helping out of guilt they're helping out of a place of like of like you said like the near miss you yeah. know it's like whoa this could have been me and it, it wasn't and i am so grateful yeah. gratitude gr- is a is a beautiful thing yeah it's gratitude <laughs> gratitude moves us to action mm-hmm. like it has to yeah yeah it really does true true and honest and deep like like it it really, really does. Like even laying in bed that night, knowing that I have a bed to lay in, yeah. knowing that there are people that will never have their bed to lay in again, that don't have anything familiar yeah. around them, knowing that there are people sleeping at the expo in a tent, yeah. you know, like, and thank goodness there are resources and people and homes and things that are, that are moving in that. Like yeah. there are things that are, we we can get as close as we want to those those places just like we can outside of yeah. destruction outside of we can get as close as like even just walking down the street and seeing someone who is homeless and being like wow like really grateful that you have a home and giving them 5 bucks and never knowing if they're going to spend it on what you wanted them to spend it on. Yep, on alcohol or on McDonald's or whatever yeah. it is but that you you can get as close as you want to that line as you are as you're willing to because my 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 belief is the closer you get to that line the more connected you become to that human and so the farther away the less connected and the easier it is to judge yeah and well it's like what Brené Brown is is talking about when she's talking about vulnerability and in her in her research she was talking about how obviously those who live vulnerably live wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. But there was also a direct correlation between wholeheartedness and the willingness to have your heart broken. 
Yeah. And so to be brokenhearted and allow yourself to be, for your heart to be broken actually has a direct correlation to you living more, more wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And so we were, we were talking to our, I was talking to our girls yesterday during, um, at the gym and was, and was talking about, about this because sometimes we just, we want to look away. It's just mm-hmm. easier to look away because then we don't have to be moved by it. Mm-hmm. I can just give my money online. I don't need to drive down the road. I don't need to drive on the freeway and see mm-hmm. all of the destruction. I don't need to go to a place and volunteer where there's actual humans there because it might affect me. Mm-hmm. And so we stay away because we actually don't want to feel, like Mm -hmm. really, really feel Mm -hmm. what it feels like. And so we keep our distance, but then we, not only are we disconnecting ourselves from humans, we're actually disconnecting ourselves from our own hearts. Mm -hmm. And we've been doing that probably for a very long time, living our lives, doing everything we can to not have our hearts broken, to not, like you said, get close. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get, I don't want to get too close because, because if we got close enough and our heart woke up, we would actually have to do something mm-hmm. that would get us out of our comfort zones. Mm-hmm. We might even quit our jobs or we might give a thousand dollars instead of five mm-hmm. and be like, I'm not sure where I'm going to get my next meal mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I just gave you everything that I had. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so in me doing that, when I get closer to the brokenhearted, I actually wake up to my humanity. Mm-hmm. And yeah. me waking up to my humanity wakes me up to life, to injustice, to sadness, but it also wakes me up to compassion and gratitude. Mm-hmm. And if we could all wake up, like what if, what if we could all just love the circles that we're in, right? Like all of us know people. And so instead of doing something, we don't do anything because it's so big. Mm-hmm. Like it's so big, we don't know where to start, mm-hmm. right? Like that's how I, that's how I felt. So it's like one family. What can we do? Mm-hmm. Like one one person. Let's just raise some money for this one person. And we raised twenty one hundred dollars for one person. And guess what she did? She lost her home. She lost her job. What did she do? She gave it all to all the people that were around her. She gave it all away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she gave it all away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what it, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It's so why, why does it take moments like this for us to realize that? Yeah. Well, that's for a different podcast. I know. Totally. <laughs> but there's like even a family in town. They found out about a man, this Hispanic man who was a, um, he had a landscaping business, mm-hmm. lost his trailer, lost his truck, lost all of his things. They don't even know him. They just heard about him. So you know what they did? They found their circle of people. They raised some money and they bought him all new lawn equipment. They found him a trailer. They found him a truck and they drove it over and did they find him gave a truck? it to him. They found him a truck. Oh, good. I, I didn't hear that they found yeah, him a they truck. Yeah, they found him a truck and they drove it over there. I, I watched the video yesterday because there was like oh. a 50 minute video of them doing this. And they drove it over and they just gave him like a business in a box. Like sign dude said that he would, they would make some business cards and shirts and, or somebody. And then Matt, uh, um, I don't know, Joe Moxley was going to do some other stuff so that like he just had an up and coming business. And then they were asking for people with contracts. And so I'm like, well, Chantel, do you, should we get a landscaper at our house? Let's just hire this guy as a landscaper. So what if we just gathered with the people around us and we came up with little ideas like how, mm-hmm. like there's so many more of us that actually survived and those of us that did not. Yeah. 
So what if we like found a family and some people like you can't rebuild their business building. You can't. Yeah. But are there people around that have housekeeping businesses or people who had like online businesses that now like had, you know, all their stock burned, not their stock, but their, um, Oh my gosh. There's like supply got mm-hmm. burned down. There's a guy yeah. who's like, this is what my business is. And I have a supply, but I don't have any storage. So then this lady was like, Hey, I have some storage for you. So I'm going to go ahead and, um, I'll, you can start doing your things and I am going to give you my, I'm going to just let you store your stuff so you can restart your business. Like you can, you can restart what it is that you're doing and, and I can like be able to say, Hey, like keep, keep doing what you're doing because I want you to keep doing it and I'm going to give you the tools for that. Yeah. And so it's, it's not as difficult as we want to make it, but it feels so big that instead of doing something, sometimes we don't do anything. Mm -hmm. And so like find a group of people and just start strategizing as to like how to take care of one family, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. one family. Let's start collecting beds Let's start, let's find some bunk beds. Like you and I were talking, like maybe we could just take a trailer up to Portland and go get a bunch of bunk beds from Ikea. Yeah. You know, and then bring them back down and have them stored and ready to go when there's a family who needs that. Mm-hmm. We invited, I don't even know who she is, but we invited some girl and her teenage daughter if they needed some place to stay. Like, hey, we have an extra bedroom mm-hmm. at our house. Like we have three bedrooms and one is not being used at all. I don't know you. I don't know you from Adam. Mm-hmm. I don't even know you, but I have a room. Like there's so many of us that have rooms that can be inconvenienced by this loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Sorry, I'm, I got really excited and I just kept talking. It's okay. Sorry. I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think too that even the people that are that aren't here. You know, those of you that are listening that aren't here, that aren't in this valley, that aren't aren't connected. Obviously, if you want to give or if you would love to help um, the people here in the valley, that would be absolutely amazing. Lou and I uh, set up, um, we'll set up some information for you. We'll give it at the end with uh, like our Venmo and um, our cash app and then you can uh, you can send uh, funds if you'd like and because they we'll are do things with them yes 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 um, but just looking at how you know like even just like what you said like going back to there being a a such a grand need right now for connection for help um, with with what's happening here there's also a a grand need on a smaller scale that is less obvious that is less less uh oh, how do I how do I want to say this like it's it's devastating but it's a different kind of devastation it's like it's humanity like wasting away like four five six seven eight nine ten people at a time a week a year and you can look at this in any kind of avenue or area that you'd like you can look at it in um addiction you can look at it in homelessness you can look at it in which those two things go hand in hand and how do you help those communities you know how do you how do you stay connected even with like the elderly community you know like how do we how do we not like in in this, I feel like there's such a relation to the majority of right now our community because 
we are people that, um, you know, I can't relate with the lifestyle of someone who's homeless because, uh, you know, we, we look at it and we're like, okay, we're, I'm not, I'm assuming that they struggle with addiction, you know, because of what I see and what I hear. And, I have a home and I have a job. Like those things I can't relate with besides that I am a human, right? Um, And so, but now I feel like the reason why it's so easy for people to help and relate is because these are people just like ourselves. Mm. They are people who have a home, who have a job, who have a car, who have a career, who have, you know, a 401k, who have insurance, who have, you know, who have, who have children, who have made, who've graduated from college. Like we can, we can say all these things that we put ourselves in boxes as to why we don't help the others that are on the outside of that, you know, like I just keep saying the homeless because I just keep thinking that it's just the most obvious right Mm -hmm. now in my mind. And we don't do that because they don't fit in our box. Mm -hmm. But when somebody fits in our box, we're like, whoa, we're going to help them because they're in our box. When really we have to, we don't have to, we have a choice. We have a choice too. But I believe that if you choose to stay within your box, that you miss out on so much in the world. Mm -hmm. Like not only with other people, but you miss out on so much with you, like you as a person, like even identifying the fear that you have of, of stepping out of your car, walking up to someone that is on the street saying, how are you doing? Mm. Having there be something like even the risk of them, like speaking gibberish or, you know, not even being like, mentally there and all you have to do is just turn around or all you have to do is just say hello all you have to do is just you know hand them the money that you but we feel so much more comfortable pulling up to the stop sign handing the money out you know like which is okay that's a step but it's like it's that connection with humanity I think is is so important and remembering that we really are all human we really are and and it's so like if if you don't live here and you're like gosh I want to make a difference too and it really does like it makes a difference with just one person with just one family with just just a hello or just to let somebody know that you see them yeah um but I also think it's really important we just uh posted on our uh our Instagram uh drop dot gym about um there was, uh, I'll tell this story real quick. One of our girls yesterday came into the gym and she was like, oh my gosh, I was at the grocery store yesterday and there was a girl pushing the carts, bringing all the carts in and she was crying and I asked her what had happened and come to find out she works in, she works at the grocery store and she had been put on the till like to run the cash register and she had made an error and the lady in line in front of her, that lady's $50 went on to the lady behind her's thing and the lady who, the extra money went on her, um, on her bill, like was screaming and yelling at this girl about how she had made a mistake. But that girl the day before had lost everything. Mm. Her house had burned down. And, you know, we forget that the stuff that we don't forget because we talk about this all the time mm-hmm. in probably an annoying fashion to some people. But we have to remember that grief and loss and, um, and, and trauma affects every single cell in our bodies. And especially with grief and loss, when we are, um, when we're feeling paralyzed and when we don't want to know what to do or your house just burned down, there's a part of your brain that is not firing on all cylinders. And that is the administrative organizational, 
um, processing part of your brain. So if you are, I, I, I said this yesterday, if you are a business owner and you have employees and they have lost things but they're at work, put them in places where they're not having to make big decisions, like they're not having to worry about making like errors, like don't have them crunching numbers, maybe take them away from being in front of a bunch of people um, and, and find a place for them where they can still work, but they feel safe where they're not going to be, you know, stepped on and trampled on by grumpy people, mm-hmm. you know, or, or giving them tasks like running the, the cash register. Like don't put a girl like that on there because her brain is not even firing like that right mm-hmm. now. Like it's not, it's not, that's not what it's doing. Coffee's done. Coffee's done. (laughs) (laughs) We interrupt this program to let you know that the coffee is done. (laughs) Yes. Um, Decaf. Actually, it's not done. It's just not being. It's just not warm anymore. Yeah, it's not warm anymore. So, so remembering that when we're with people, or if you're feeling like you don't, you're really struggling to make decisions. We've we've noticed this with a lot of our widows, where. Um, you know, they're struggling to get their bills done or clean their house or, oh my gosh, I love cooking, but now all I can make is microwave dinners because that part of our brain is not, that's not what it's doing right now. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's sort of off, it's off board mm-hmm. at the moment because it's doing a lot of other things. And it's just, it's called, it's not called, I mean, it, the term is grief brain. Uh, and, and so being able to give people grace and compassion all the time. Mm-hmm. But also knowing if you if you have experienced great loss and you're wondering like what is going on with me that this is what's going on and it's okay. There's like you're yeah. just having compassion for yourself and having compassion for other people. Um, it just really it's helpful all the time. But even even when there's something like this, like taking care of people and helping them, you know, be successful in the midst of this when they've lost everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. It's good, Lou. Yeah. It's good. Good conversations. Great conversations. So we are going to wrap up this episode, episode 15. Mm-hmm. You can find us at drop.gym on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook at Drop Gym. You can find us at www.dropgym.com. You can mm-hmm. also find Chantel at chantel-chantel.dayton yes. on Instagram. Yes. And then you can find me at Lou Crenshaw. Um, on Instagram as well. So please share this, share it on your Instagram, tag us in it. Um, just help us get the word out. If you want to donate, uh, my Venmo is Chantel dash Dayton. And then Lou's, uh, cash app is Lucian Crenshaw money sign L U C I A N N E C R E N S H A W. And we will put your donations to great use we will get it into the right hands Mm -hmm. um, to take care of the right people so thank you for joining us on another episode of dear life i'm in bye-bye